Welcome to my podcast where I talk about all things related to money mindset, finance, business, and investing. My name is Royston Cumberbatch, a qualified accountant with over 30 years' experience in finance and business. Coming from a very humble background, I have continuously challenged the assumptions and the expectations of what I'm capable of achieving for myself and others. Over the years, I've helped hundreds of entrepreneurs to decipher finance and to make more money and to run highly successful businesses. On this podcast, I will share with you tips, strategies, techniques, and tools that you can use to make more money, manage money better, and to maximize your success. Wow, welcome to Femi. Femi Evans, it's so good to have you today on the Financial Intelligence Mindset Podcast. After meeting you and speaking with you on Clubhouse, you're so full of energy, you know, and you're coming all the way from Atlanta today. Actually, this podcast, by the way, is listened quite a lot in the USA. So I'm sure a lot of the US people will be lovely to hear your voice. Uh, I'll be happy to hear your voice and you can share some gems for them. So to get started, Femi, just tell us about, you know, you. Tell us about you, your backstory, and, uh, and maybe how you got to become an accountant. Okay, great. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity to be on here with you. Um, my name is Femi Evans, as he already stated. Um, my um, background is uh, definitely very interesting. So I am the daughter of a diplomat. My dad is the ex-counsel general of Guyana. I'm also a serial entrepreneur here in Atlanta, Georgia. I have a couple different things that I do. Uh, first, I have my own accounting firm. I've had that for 10 years. Um, it, you know, it's tax season, so definitely uh, try to reach out to me, okay? <laughs> uh, and then also I have my own athletic apparel line. I'm also a paralegal. I'm a notary, um, so I carry a lot of different hats. Um, my main focus right now is on tax season, and uh, that's what I'm doing. Now, in regards to how I became um, an accountant and being in this industry, Literally what happened is about 11 years ago when I moved to Atlanta, I did my tax return for, I did my tax return and a friend of mine, uh, it was tax season and he was just like, oh, um, did you do your taxes? And I was like, yeah, I did it. Told him how much I got back. And he was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, that's what I got back. And he was just like, can you do my tax return? So I was just like, okay. You know, I had back then I had a regular nine to five job. So I was just like, I'll do his taxes. You know, I did it. He got the money back. Then he said, hey, I want to pay you like $70. And I was like, are you sure? Like, he's like, no, I got to pay you. Like it got back like a good amount of money. I'm really happy. Then he called me a couple of days later after he was bragging to somebody else that he got just did his taxes. So they were like, can you get her to do my taxes? And I was like, okay. So he called me. He's like, can you, can you do somebody else's taxes? I was like, uh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> that might be a little crazy, but what ended up happening after that is him referring 40 people. And that is how my tax business got started. So wow, I would wow. It's a great start. I did my regular nine to five, um, not even nine to five. I used to do 12 hour days at work on the weekends. I'd set up my living room, like a little office uh, setting and I'd have everybody come in and my days off were consumed with me doing taxes. I, I decided I really loved it. And um, after um, a couple of months for that tax season, the next tax season, uh, that was my last year working. 
Wow, wow. So Femi, so a couple of things I want to ask you about, right? So you said when you came to Atlanta 11 years ago, I believe that you're from a Guyanese background. So um, can you tell us when you were growing up in Guyana in terms of like, I don't know, money, finance, family, um, I mean, what were some of the money beliefs like your family had and around like, you know, acquiring wealth and stuff in Guyana? Mm -hmm. Okay, so my, my dad was very uh, strict on me. Um, my upbringing started long before the money talks in kindergarten when everyone else's uh, parents walked them into the classroom. My dad stood at the door. He said, mm -hmm. you go on, got this. Um, the teacher was looking at him like, sir, what are you doing? She's in kindergarten. He was like, no, um, I know her. She can do it. So a long time ago, my dad kind of set the precedence for me to be a leader and um, to be extremely independent. So he he set the he set the bar very high. Um, and in terms of money, my family, you know, I grew up in a four story house in Guyana. Wow. Um, my family came from a wealthy background. Um, it was inherited, you know, our ancestors inherited it. So we ended up getting it. It, my, uh, parents, the house that they have has been passed down generation after generation. Um, my parents, you know, hopefully no time soon when they do pass away, um, I will inherit what they have and Lucky they definitely lot that I will be inheriting. So, yeah. Cool, cool. So, um, before we go on to your, um, your Atlanta side, so what does wealth means to you? Um, what does wealthy means to you? And, and can you compare like, say being wealthy versus rich? Well, what does that mean to you? Wealth versus riches. Okay, so what wealth means to me, wealthy versus rich, uh, I feel like wealth is going to be something that I am remembered for generations to come. So for example, my investment property, that's going to be something that years after I'm gone, you know, generations later, I'll be talked about and someone will say, she left this for us and we did this with it. You know, um, being rich, I feel like anyone can be rich for a particular period of time. I feel like wealth is something that has to be maintained. Um, it's not it. some fly by night. Yeah, I love it. I always say to people like, you know, it's not how much money you make, it's how much money you keep, right? So we know people can be temporarily rich, right? For example, like they can win the lottery, you know what I mean? So what you're saying here to me is that wealth is something that is more generational. Um, and, you know, I listen to a lot of motivational speakers. Um, you know, Tony Robbins said, wealth is of the mind. You know, wealth is of the mind. If you think you're wealthy, you are wealthy. I think, um, and it's probably true, right? And if you, I'm, I'm also a Christian. And I, I think uh, in Proverbs, it says, um, a wise man is a wealthy man, right? So if you see, if you're smart with your money, then obviously you are on the road to be wealthy. So cool, cool. So then you left uh, Guyana and then you went over to Atlanta. Wow. And no, I left and I went to New York. Okay, That's cool. Yeah, I lived uh, in New York. So, yeah, very... so tell us about because what you, you mentioned earlier that you moved from your job and then you were doing like part time, you were doing your accountancy stuff, and then you transitioned to your business full time now, right? So, how was that transition? How was that journey? And then what made you go into the full time uh, running your own business? Okay. So for me, um, I worked a regular uh, full-time job. I was a manager at the company I worked for. So I did not have a bad job. I had a, a great 401k plan. Um, I actually had um, well over, you know, fifteen dollars to $20,000 in my 401k uh, when I left. 
Um, I promised myself one thing that the day I got to the point where I felt stressed at work, I will walk away. Um, if I, if I got to the point where I was in tears and I just felt so overwhelmed that I could not do it anymore, I was going to leave. But prior to leaving, um, what I did, I prepared myself. I already had my tax office set up. I already had software. I already had everything in place ready for tax season. I already had money that I had pulled out of my 401k so I wouldn't be struggling, looking for money. So I, I planned it out before actually making that transition. What happened is a customer came up to me and um, asked me just a simple question. And for some reason, it was bringing me to tears. So hmm. it was a simple question. And I remember... I used to go to work, but I had my office keys in my pocket and I would just touch the office keys all the time. So um, I helped the customer and then um, I went to the bathroom and I called my cousin. I used to call her every time I felt frustrated at work. And I said, cuz I'm tired. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. She would always kind of talk me off the ledge. And she said, you know, I want you to go ahead and go. I want you to go ahead and go and... Um, she told she pretty much told me that she wanted me to go ahead and make the transition. I had prepared time to do it. So I needed to just go ahead and go. And that's what I did. I left the keys on the counter. Um, I placed my office keys there and I literally walked out the door. The other manager on duty asked me if I was going to lunch, a late lunch. I said no. She asked me would be back and I said no and I never looked back. I got in my car and I left. So you fired the boss, right? Yes, I did. If someone's going to start a business right now and um, and uh, they're currently in a job and they're looking to transition into the business, how would you advise them to go about it? Would you advise them to do it like you, like the way you did it? Like for example, to just um, fire the boss or would you advise them to have a, a certain amount of money or plan it out, etc.? How would you advise someone to transition, say from a uh, from uh, employment to become an entrepreneur? Mm -hmm. I would definitely advise um, someone to take your time. I had a business name. I'd mm. already registered my business. My business structure was already there. I had plans on hiring employees. So take your time. Don't just quit your job and say, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur. That's not realistic make sure that you have a safety net because once you make the transition, there's pretty much no turning back. And once you step away, sorry about the background noise. It's all right, it's all right. Once you step away from whatever you're doing, what ends up happening is there's a shift in your mind. Now you're no longer depending on a paycheck every two weeks. Now it's a situation where you literally are having to depend on yourself and you have to do mm. everything produce the income. So I'd recommend to everyone to take your time, make sure this is something you really want to do. Uh, you will have more broke days than days you're making money, depending on the industry you choose to go into. Um, Roy, a lot of people are not blessed like we are, where we're going into industry that immediately, as soon as you start working, you're making money off of yeah, your yeah. So we we're we're definitely in a different type of industry you know what i mean and um what i always tell people you know follow your heart do what makes you happy but just make sure you think about what you're doing and of course. before you walk away that that's the only option you have you know 
and um, you just can't do that job anymore. That would be. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I remember when I, when I was an employee, one of the guys I used to work with, he said to me, look, you can become wealthy as an employee, right? If, if you move up the ladder, you know, like you have a good pension, good benefits and all that kind of stuff. But I think ultimately people have to find their purpose, right? I mean, sometimes people say the two best days are the days you're born and the days you find your purpose. So if you're doing a job, but it's not aligned with you, your purpose, your values, what you want to do, then it's done for you as an individual to go and find your purpose, right? So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's really important. As you said, it's not an easy journey, you know what I mean? Um, so you definitely have to have the right mindset for that. Okay, cool, cool. So now you, you sound like you're doing quite a few things. So you said you have your accountancy firm, you have your, uh, your clothing line, you have, you're a notary public. Mm-hmm. You're doing all this stuff. So I said you have multiple streams of income, right? So right. how important would you say it is to have multiple streams of income versus, say, having one stream of income, one main stream of income? I think it's very important after seeing um, how this pandemic has played out. I personally, um, I was lucky enough um, to start my clothing line before the pandemic. And I'm so glad I did because the last tax season, my tax season was cut short. Having clients come into the office was no longer an option. Yeah, you could, right? March. So, and then a lot of my clients were, you know, they were calling me saying, hey, I lost my job. I don't know what financially, what the situation is going to be. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do my return this year. Just different scenarios that were happening. And um, I started focusing on my other business and started pouring into that other business as much as I could. And as a result, you know, today I have almost over 13 or 14 brand ambassadors for that business. Uh, definitely a few pe- a few of the brand ambassadors, uh, some of them have like 100,000 followers, some have wow. 30,000. So there's a range, you know, I'm, I'm trying to hit every demographic. I'm trying to pretty much get the brand out there worldwide. And that is um, uh, Crush Fit Online. So, and the website is crushfit.com. Crushfit, crush is, it, is it C-R-U-S-H, fit.com? No, it is K-R-U-S-H-F-I-T.com. Crush ah, with cool. Crushfit.com, cool. And what do you what do you actually sell? What do you offer? So, I have um, athletic apparel line for women, and we do <clears> offer <throat> one dry fit tee for men. So, both clothing for men and women. Mm-hmm. Ah, cool. Cool, cool, cool. And do you use like Spotify or Amazon or do you use like drop um, shipping? I have a shop where I do use drop shipping for some of my items. Ah, cool, cool. And, and if someone is looking to get into that kind of area, I mean, how easy it is to start a business? How easy it is to start a clothing line or to start an e commerce business? I mean, I, I've had one guy on this podcast. Actually, he's got a business kind of similar to yours. His business is called fabify.com. And I kind of, it's kind of think it's a, it's a clothing line as well. But if someone is trying to get into e-commerce business, like, do you think it's, it's a growing business right now uh, versus, say, services, uh, products versus services? Um, I definitely think products are, is a growing business. A lot of people are stuck indoors and um, they're, they're working out at home. So they mm-hmm. want the thing to work out at home. Some people have never had workout clothes before. So they want those workout clothes. They, they want something that's comfortable um, that they can kind of lounge in. And then women still want to dress up in look good despite the pandemic or not so my athletic apparel line is pretty much universal you can wear it to work out or if you want to just 
uh, wear it as an outfit. I have some customers that don't work out at all. They just buy it. You just wear it normally as casually, right? Correct. Casual wear. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. So Femi, right? So you, you seem like just listening to you, right? It seems like your journey. Normally I said to people like life is could be like a graph. So for some people it's up and down. You know, for some people it's like just up. Some people just seems to be just constant. But you seem to have a gradual kind of up. So what are some of the big money mistakes you say you have made and why? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I would say probably my first year in business, um, I would say eh, later it didn't become a mistake, but right away, I probably didn't need to buy an investment property in my first year in business. <laughs> I was just eager to kind of jump out the boat. So um, I didn't want to be patient and wait another tax season and get a mortgage. So, you know, I wanted to own the property outright. You know, so I guess at first it felt like a mistake once I got the property and realized, oh, I'm going to have to fix this thing up. I have to go to Home Depot, find out flooring is, you know, crazy amounts of money and um, appliances are this amount. So it was a lot of different uh, challenges once I bought the property. But I mean, it ended up being a blessing later, but it was a headache at first. I'm not going to lie. Did it make you money in the end though? I mean, so do you still have the property? I still have the property. Um, I have had tons of tenants uh, rotate through that property. So, you know, I've, I've been able to make my money back that I've spent to buy the property. So I was able to do that. So yeah, it's definitely been beneficial. So you're definitely a business owner investor, right? Cool, mm -hmm. cool. So let me ask you a question. I ask people that sometimes. Um, would you say as someone who is looking to say invest, uh, maybe they're still working as an employee, would you say property or pensions? What, which one is better? Um, I would say property. Well, and why is that? Because right now, I just feel like a lot of people are losing money in so many different areas. And I feel like property, you have control of what you're doing. If you have an issue with one property, you can sell one property, keep the rest of your properties. It's the gift that keeps on giving. People are always going to need a place to live. Of Every course. New little homeowners are being born, okay, or renters. So it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's good business to go into. I mean, you, when I was going to college, one guy he there was running a, a burial business, right? And he okay. said to me, um, the best, some of the best business to go in is food because people must eat, burial, they must die, and houses, of course, they have to live somewhere, right? So I mean, I also uh, believe in believing in actually in, in investing in properties. Yeah. So, I mean, over in Atlanta, I mean, so what is it like now? I mean, is property prices rising or just, I mean, because of COVID, is it rising? Is it stagnant? Is it, I mean, I mean, what's the market like over there? My property has increased uh, tremendously since making the purchase. Uh, for example, when I purchased my investment property back in 20, 2008, I think it was, I made the purchase market had fell. Um, I, I bought that property for pennies on the dollar in comparison wow. to worth. Now the property, probably in about a few years, that property will be worth well over six figures. That's that great. Bought. That's great. Yeah. So you basically, what you do is that you put on on undervalued property. Is that correct? Correct. And the 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 um. Even the town that the property's in, it's been changed. So they're in the process of going through like regentrification with that neighborhood. So it, it was the best decision I could make. I just sat on the property. You know, a lot of people were like, sell it, sell it for years. And now they're like, it's a good thing you held on to it. 
because the market value is so high now that it's like I can get I can get way more than I paid for it if I sold it even right now and make a profit. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same kind of position. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. So um, one of the properties I bought, I actually lived in it for a while. I still have it. And uh, it's, it's in a kind of uh, area, we call it like an ex-council home, but it's gone up like 300%, like over like 10 years or so, because uh, I don't know, it's just it's just like, you know, obviously it's close to a train line, it's close to the bus line, and it's, it's kind of popular area. Well, it's, not, it's, it's easy commutable. And I heard actually that they plan to put a, a tram line through that area. You know what I mean? So that's really good. Yeah. So um, let's talk about business in the U.S. versus business in the U.K. I mean, if someone is looking to start a company in the U.S., right? So I'm in the U.K. If I'm looking to start a company in the U.S., uh, what are some of the things, I mean, I mean, what's the process to start an LLC over, over in the U.K.? If I said, okay, I want to do business in Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta sounds great. I want to open a company there. I mean, what, what is the process? Okay. So first, you need to go on the Georgia Secretary of State. And make sure you look up and see if the company name even exists. That's the first step. Then you have to pay to register that company. It's usually about $150 or upwards to get the company name. Then you need to go to the IRS's website and get your EIN number for that company. And then I recommend getting a business account once you get that information so that way everything is kind of in play. Now, um, if you feel like your company is going to, you're trying to scale that base business to a million dollar business, I would recommend you get a trademark attorney and make sure that name, you can trademark the name before you go public with the name. That way you don't ever have to worry about someone stealing your business name. But um, pretty much the steps that you need to take and um, once you have that set up, you're ready to go. Get yourself an office if you need an office or do it virtually, and then you're ready. And of course, they don't want to do the taxes. They come to you, right? Exactly. I'm here to help. <laughs> yeah. So, so what tax services, I mean, what tax services do you actually provide for someone who either starting a business, someone who is starting a business? I mean, what, what range of services do you provide? Okay. So first of all, the name of my um, tax business is FTX Accounting. So you can actually find us on um, ftxaccounting.com. And that's F is in Frank, um, X is in xylophone, accounting.com. So I provide uh, basic tax returns. So 1040s, that can be done. Business returns. I have nonprofit clients. I also have... Um, uh, churches that come to me. I do have bookkeeping clients that need their 1099s prepared or W-2 forms prepared. So um, it's a variety of different people. And then some people do come, um, and that's more on the paralegal aspect. They may come in with a request for me to look over a business document. Some clients come in to get their documents notarized, um, especially when um, I was more in an office setting. Yeah. So everyone that floor knew that I was a notary. So literally everyone would be calling, hey, are you free? Uh, we'd have somebody here that needs their documents notarized. So Okay, quite, so quite a range of services, right? Yes. That's great. And now it's mainly, you're mainly online now where you still have an office or you got a team? I'm, I'm virtual. I'm in the process right now of hiring several virtual assistants. So yeah. literally um, they should be up and running very soon. Okay, so you're and scaling up? Scaling up. I'm definitely thinking about um, 
doing a big expansion this year also. So that is something that I'm looking into. Oh, that's so. cool. That's cool. All right. So for someone now going into business from a financial perspective, right? And you as a business owner, I mean, what are some of the key numbers you think anyone in a business? So when the person started their business, they obviously have the bank account, they have the tax person, they have wallet in place. I mean, we know what are some of the key financial things you think that that person should be really be looking at to really manage the business properly and i'm asking you this because you are an accountant as well so i just want to get your view on someone managing a business what what should they really look at i definitely think that the person needs to on a weekly basis uh, balance their checkbook just kind of see what's coming in what's not happening with the business um, what's selling and versus what's not selling. Uh, you know, obviously our business is a customer service based business. So mm -hmm. once the customers come in, it's the gift that keeps on giving. They're happy. We get paid. We, you know, we, we've done a great job for them. So they're good. Um, and that's pretty much it. I cool, cool, cool. So, so this podcast is called financial intelligence mindset, right? So what does financial intelligence mindset means to you as a word, financial intelligence? What does that mean to you, financial intelligence? Financial intelligence means to me that you have done the groundwork. You've gone to school, you've gotten the degree, you know what you're talking about. You're not just talking about it from a place of, I have no idea, I've Googled some of the answers. I feel like financial intelligence comes with years of experience. Um, I wouldn't have been able to sit and uh, talk about uh, taxes my first year in business, really, because I was new to it. So I think I think that takes time. I think uh, financial intelligence also takes time of just learning from others in your industry. For example, I sat under an accountant for an entire year before even starting my business so that I could learn the practical things I needed to learn. And um, I did not get paid. Um, she told me, if you love this, you will do it for free. And uh, she and I did it for free while working a full-time job, 12-hour days. I did not make any excuses on my days off. Um, she challenged me to come into the office and she gave me the hardest uh, projects that she had to work on, the most tedious ones uh, with tons of paperwork, the clients that were headaches for her. I did all of that and I gladly did it. And um, I was very happy with that experience and um once the season that particular season was over she was just like well you know now you're ready you can go cool, out cool, there cool. makes sense yeah so yeah so basically what you're saying that for you financial intelligence is kind of understanding the ropes about how the business actually work correct yeah well yeah that's 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 good answer it's a very good answer i mean obviously financial intelligence is to really yeah to be smart about your money to understand how money works understand how business works and to really make decisions based on information, right? And I, and I guess that comes with experience, you know what I mean? So you make decisions based on your experience, etc. Cool, cool, cool. So Femi, so if someone is in Atlanta or they're in the USA and they wanted to, to do the tax returns, etc., where can they find you? I mean, I, I know you're on Instagram, you on you on you probably on, on, on other social media. I, I know if you are you on LinkedIn as well. I mean, where can they find you? They can find me. I'm on LinkedIn. Just look up Femi Evans, F-E-M-M-I-E-E-V-A-N-S. I'm also on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter. Um, uh, it says Tax Service LLC on Twitter. You can find us there. Um, also on Instagram, it says um, at FTX Accounting. That is our Instagram name. 
I also have a website, so you can find me at ftxaccounting.com. There's actually a little questionnaire box at the bottom of the website, and you can uh, fill that in if you want to make an appointment and connect with me. Uh, cool, cool. So lots of places to find you. That's great. So Femi, before you go, I kind of want to ask you this question, right? It seems like you, you know, like you in a decent place, you know, you, you have your own business, you have many businesses, you have your property, etc. I mean, what is your vision? I mean, I mean, what do you want to say achieve in the next, I don't know, 10 years per se? I mean, um, yeah, in, in your business or in your life or yeah, just what is that big thing that you're probably going after? Maybe look after your family. I don't know. Just tell me more about you. Yeah. That's a, that's a great question. So one of the biggest things I'd like to achieve um, within the next 10 years is owning my own apartment complex. That's been a dream of mine for a very long period of time. Um, I, I did have a dream of meeting Oprah. I was able to accomplish that um, prior to the Wow, wow. Well done. To, um, meet her um, in Atlanta. She came down and had an event in Atlanta. So it was great uh, being a part of that event. I got to spend eight hours with her. So just being a part of uh, meeting her and being in the room with her, that was amazing. And I, in terms of meeting her, I just mean like being in the room with her, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course, um, of course. Yeah, of course. Being, be, be, being in her space. Correct. So just being around that energy. Um, what, what I would like to do within the next 10 years also is scale all of my businesses to millions of dollars. Wow. That is cool. Um, I would like to have... Um, at least 50 to 150 employees that um, are under my organization that are people that I'm paying on a regular basis. And um, that's, a, that's a few things. And then just to leave a legacy of properties behind so many that, you know, my family will never have to struggle or need for anything. And they will always have a place to live and never be concerned about uh, their well-being or their safety um here so big vision it's a big vision so obviously met you on clubhouse right so let's plug clubhouse for as we need to close this down uh i met you on clubhouse in genuine connections your room so mm -hmm. um but just how are you finding clubhouse generally and how do you think clubhouse might help you to say achieve your vision okay so um thank you for saying that i do have a room on clubhouse that's called genuine connections we meet every day from uh, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Um, in the afternoon. And uh, then we also, I also have a tax tips group at 1 p.m. in the afternoon. Roy is a part of that too. He comes in and talks oh. about taxes. Um, but for me, I feel like Clubhouse is, um, has been great. I've actually gotten, um, I'm going to say about three clients already from Clubhouse. Um, tax season. So I've definitely already made um, money. Uh, in terms of being on the site. I think that if you utilize it for the right reasons, if you connect with someone like Roy and um, other business owners, um, other millionaires um, that are on the app, then you will have a great benefit uh, to being on that app. I feel like you can get lost on it if you're not staying business focused. You can end up in rooms that you just shouldn't be in. But if you take the time to focus and um, your your point of view is I'm on here to network. I'm on here to meet people. I'm on here to really help people. You can do that in a great way. You can have a great impact. And uh, that's about it. All right. So look, Femi, man, it's been a pleasure to have you uh, on the Financial Intelligence Mindset Podcast. I'm sure that we're going to be connecting soon. 
either on Clubhouse, and who knows, maybe when you start to make some uh, more millions or, you know, I'll get you back on the podcast to share your journey. But for now, Femi, I want to wish you a very, very nice rest of the day. By the way, the times that you mentioned are all U.S. times, right? These are Eastern time. Am I correct? Correct. Eastern U.S. times. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's Femi's room on Clubhouse. I think uh, Eastern U.S. time. Obviously, I'm in the U.K. at the moment looking to um, maybe tread some water soon as well. Who knows? Maybe you see me in the USA. That would be so, great. Yeah, Femi, look, it's been a heartful pleasure connecting with you on Clubhouse and having you on the podcast. And I look forward, and obviously, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your journey. And I look forward to speaking with you soon. So take care and enjoy the rest of your day. Okay, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can find out more about me by Googling my name, Royston Cumberbatch. I'm on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can find me on YouTube as Roy Cumberbatch. And if you are listening on YouTube, please hit that uh, subscribe button. Or you can find me on my website at www.racmac.com. That's R-A-C-M-A-C-S dot com. It'd be great to hear from you. And do feel free to tell me about any topics you want me to cover on future episodes. Until next time, be good to yourself and others. Keep positive and reaching for your financial goals. Bye-bye.